Good day, everybody, and what's up? Welcome to the podcast for selfless sex, and she comes first. I am Dr. Nick Meyer, sitting here on January the 9th, a cloudy Sunday afternoon. And I want to thank everyone for the likes and the shares and the positive clicks on the very first podcast I did of the new year on sexual resolutions. It's doing very well, so thank you for that. Um, I'm still trying to grow the podcast, as I say every week, and it's true. And for this week, it's a very important topic for everybody. It's on anorgasmia in women. And for those of you who are a part of the Facebook group, or the Facebook page rather, or either or, I'm going, I'm going to try to post a research article on this topic in that group. So if you really want to sit down and just kind of go through it and read it, please feel free to. Sometimes I can post research articles. Many times, for whatever reason, Facebook is like, no, it's too graphic or something, whatever, whatever. But I will give it that old college try and just try to post it up there because some of the information is very important. You know, it it looks back. It's more like a meta-analysis on, like, older research. But still, it's very important, and it's looking at the reasons why women are having issues when they're, when they're trying to have an orgasm. In today's podcast, I'm going to hit on four major elements that deal with anorgasmia. The symptoms, the causes, the diagnosis, and most importantly, the treatment options. So let's talk about that today. So let's start at the beginning. What is anorgasmia? And generally speaking, anorgasmia is the inability to have an orgasm or there is a long delay in reaching orgasm that is distressing for you specifically. So not comparing yourself to what you see in the movies or in porn or where where the ladies are screaming their head off and everyone's just, oh my God, it's amazing. But it only really applies if you're, if this inability is distressing for you. And there are four general types or accepted types of anorgasmia. And the first one is lifelong anorgasmia, meaning that you've never, ever had an orgasm. Back in the day, I believe it was called primary anorgasmia. Number two is acquired anorgasmia meaning that you used to have orgasms in the past, but now you are having problems reaching orgasm. And back in the day, I believe that was also called secondary anorgasmia. Number three is situational anorgasmia, meaning that that you are only able to have orgasms in and or under certain circumstances, meaning that that you're only able to have orgasms with certain partners or during oral sex, or during masturbation, but it's, 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 it's based on a specific situation. And number four is more, it's called generalized anorgasmia, meaning that you, that you are not able to have orgasms in any situations or with any partners. Here, let's talk about some of the causes of anorgasmia. And there are three main types that I'm going to mention here. Physical issues, psychological issues, and relationship issues. 
So on the physical causes, let's talk about various and um, serious illnesses such as a multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's can have an impact on one's psychological and mental well-being, which could have a, which could interfere with them experiencing sexual pleasure. Gyne gynecological issues, including surgeries, such as having a hysterectomy or cancer surgeries, that can have a negative impact on one's ability to experience sexual pleasure, and also pain during intercourse. So if you are experiencing unwanted sexual pain that's coming from vaginal dryness, something like that, that can have a, a negative impact on your ability to have an orgasm and, and or just to receive pleasure, period, because why? You're in pain. Medications. And this is a big one because many people are on antidepressant medications, but one of their major side effects is, is having a, a negative impact or negative influence on one's ability to experience sexual pleasure. And I'm talking about like Prozac, Zoloft, some of those very popular, you know, antidepressants. Think about that. So don't forget to check your check your medicine cabinet. And also other like other blood pressure medications, antipsychotic drugs, and antihistamines. People don't think about that too, but those those also can have an impact on one's sexual functioning. Alcohol and smoking. Now, drinking too much alcohol can really throw a monkey wrench in your ability to have an orgasm. And smoking, people don't think about this, smoking actually can limit the amount of blood flow that's going to your sexual organs. And without blood flow, it may take you longer or you may never be able to reach that sexual climax that you are looking for. And finally, aging. Yes, we are all getting older. So your anatomy will start to change. Your your hormones, your hormone levels, will definitely start to change. And once again, I go back to blood flow. All that stuff starts to change as you get older. So as your, especially like your hormone levels start to change, your estrogen levels and your testosterone levels start to change, especially in women, that can all have an impact on your ability to have a orgasm. And to keep going here, I want to talk about some psychological issues that can really have an impact on your ability to have an orgasm, including mental health issues such as anxiety and or depression. Now think about what the world is going through right now with COVID-19. And everyone is, I mean, people are getting sick, people are going to the hospital, people are dying, family members are dying. So it's like the entire world is just going through this crazy mindfuck right now. So what's going to happen? We're going to go to the doctor and get a prescription for an antidepressant, which goes back to what I just said about 30 seconds ago. You see how these things all start to tie together? Um, you can even talk about poor body image, where people don't, don't actually see themselves as, as being sexual or worthy of sexual, worthy of sexual pleasure. Stress and financial pressures. Stress is a big one. Stress will th throw water on any sort of sexual fire that is there. So if you're stressed out, like I always go back to COVID right now. Think about what everyone is going through. Try not to get it. And people are, are losing their jobs. Places are, are, are shutting down and closing up forever. 
So, but to, but you still got bills, right? Right. So you see how this all everything starts to tie together, cultural and religious beliefs, and 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 some churches say sex is some churches out there still say sex is bad. Some cultures out there still say sex is bad and gross. So save it for someone who you love, and that old line from back in the day. But that still can have a impact on one's ability to experience sexual pleasure and orgasm. Further, some people are actually embarrassed from receiving sexual pleasure and or they can be embarrassed by the sounds that they make when they are receiving sexual pleasure. So they kind of pull themselves away, you know, from the orgasm edge because they feel they feel some sort of way about it. Guilt about enjoying sex, which can easily be traced back to churches and other culturals, um, like cultural um, ideas and thoughts and things like that. So this is something that you need to keep in mind. And finally, which is a major one, past sexual and or emotional abuse. Because maybe you've been through, you've been through something in your past, which is, which is in, impeding your ability, just your potential to receive sexual pleasure. And finally, relationship issues. And let's start here by saying a lack of connection with your partner. Meaning, back when you guys, you know, back when you first got together, things were kind of hot and heavy. And then over the days or over the weeks or over the years, things have kind of cooled off. And it's not like anyone actually did anything or Maybe you're actually starting to grow apart. That's that's possible. Things like that happen over time. So that, that desire for sexual pleasure just is not there anymore. Unresolved conflicts. Maybe something happened in the past that was never really dealt with. And it was kind of pushed under the rug. But it's on the back burner. But it's not off the stove. So it's still in the back of your mind. So, so when this person tries to reach out to you and try to give you sexual pleasure, it's, it's just not going to happen because that thought, whatever it was, that event, that comment, whatever it may have been, is still sitting there in the back of your mind. So that, that unresolved conflict is going to impede you from your sexual pleasure. Poor communication of your sexual needs and preference, preferences. So here, I always talk about Oprah moments where back in the day, she, she always talked about the importance of communication. Well, here is one of them. Because if you're telling your partner or, 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 or if you feel that you cannot tell your partner what you want and how you want to be touched, how you don't want to be touched, I like this, I do not like this, there's no way you know, for your partner to actually know what to do and to touch you how you like. And, on, and to take it a step further... If you do tell your partner and they don't listen and they're like, no, I think you would like this, you know, so they're doing this thing to you that you actually do not like. There is no way, once again, you're going to be able to get to that point of, of sexual pleasure where you actually can have an orgasm. So, yeah, you actually have to be able to speak your piece and have your partner listen and actually do those behaviors that you actually actually like. Infidelity. Or a breach of trust. Which kind of goes back to the unresolved conflict. Meaning that something happened. 
or some like someone quote unquote cheated, and that that idea, that concept of trust in a relationship is now broken. So that that emotional piece is damaged. It's 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 bruised. So once again, so when your partner tries to reach out to you, or let's take it a step further, would you even want this person to touch you if they treat if they cheated on you? In many cases, no. So there's no way on the planet you're going to be able to um, partner up with them and be able to reach, you know, like sexual climax or, or have an orgasm with them. Why? Because you don't want them to even touch you. And finally, intimate partner violence. And here I'm talking physical violence and or emotional violence. Because people always think about the, like the physical bruises that, that they can see, but the emotional comments... The negative comments, those hurtful words also can leave a very strong mark, too. So once again, there's absolutely no way if your partner is treating you like crap and, and telling you things that make you feel like crap, that you're going to be able to move on and actually enjoy sexual activities with them. Because it's in many cases, like your body may just shut down when they reach out to touch you. Like your body may just shut down and be like, no, this is not going to happen no matter what they do. Here, let's talk about the diagnosis of anorgasmia. It seems to be only just two major pieces to this, and they both involve doctors. So the first piece is getting a thorough medical history, which kind of goes back to what I said earlier, because your doctor may ask you about your sexual history, your surgical history, any current medications that, that you are taking, and they may look just to see if those medications are having an impact or are known to have sexual side effects, sexual side effects rather. And they may also ask you about the status of your current relationship, you know, which goes back to what I said about 30 seconds ago. Are things going well? Are there issues? What's going on? And I'll say this again, this is definitely one time where you want to speak your piece and be honest about what's going on. Don't, don't be embarrassed. And if, if you want to say something, just say it. If it's true, just say it. Yes, the, the doctors may ask you very pointed questions, and that's good. That's what you want, so that, the, so that they will be able to find out what, what actually is going on. And number two, there's a physical examination. They may look at some other issues so you know so the doctor may give you a, a, a general physical a referral to a an OBGYN for you know if there's any sort of other issues that that are going on that were more specialized you know because you, you may be suffering from like vaginal dryness or something like that or there could be a cyst someplace that's making sex painful for you or intercourse painful for you but yes those are the main two things that are a part of the diagnosis of anorgasm. And finally, number four, I want to talk about some treatment options for anorgasmia. And there are two main elements under this topic, medical treatments and lifestyle changes and therapy. So let's talk with lifestyle changes and, and, and therapy first. And one thing you can do is learn more information about your body and how you like to be touched. Because if you learn 
how and where you like to be touched, it could lead to more satisfaction, more sexual satis satisfaction, and increased chance of orgasm. And this is where your doctor may give you like a quick rundown of your anatomy and talk to you about your erogenous zones. Because in many cases, women don't know this. They actually may not. So think back to like your own upbringing or if you're in a church or your culture, many women were not taught these things. So they may never know. That little bit of education can actually help them out and actually talk to them about self-stimulation using their hand or a vibrator. And number two, this goes right into there, increased sexual stimulation. Meaning, please don't forget that most women do not have an orgasm from penile intercourse alone. They need some sort of assistance. Like many women will orgasm um, from like oral sex and from masturbation, not from penile stimulation by itself. So you can, so there are certain techniques that you can do and or learn or try and incorporate them with your partner. Talk to a sexual counselor, which goes back to something I said a few minutes ago. If you were having issues in your relationship, that could have a negative impact on your sexual functioning. So having a, you know, having a sit down session with a, with a counselor can help you work through those issues then help you break through those um, those barriers that were having an impact on your ability to have orgasms. There are also um, counselors and or sexual therapists out there who can really dig down and get in to treating some of these sexual concerns that you may have. And some of this comes with a lot of education. I'm talking about communication skills and talking about um, and teaching you various exercises like behavior exercises, like hands-on exercises for you and a partner to try at home. And finally, medical treatments. And as I mentioned earlier, many women may be taking antidepressant medication or anti-anxiety medication like Prozolf, um, Pro Prozac or Zoloft. And they are known to have serious sexual side effects, which include anorgasmia. So this is one case where you may have to talk to your doctor and your doctor may change your medication to something else that is less severe, that will have a less severe impact on your sexual functioning. And also, estrogen therapy for postmenopausal women. And as you know, when you're going through menopause, your hormone levels are out of whack, and in many cases, they are decreasing. Your doctor may prescribe you a, a, a localized patch or a um, pill or even a gel, which will help out to kind of like counterbalance those hormone levels and actually improve your sexual, sexual response. Also, there are slow-releasing creams, rings, and or suppository that can actually help to increase the blood flow in, in the vagina to help and to improve your sexual response and sexual arousal. And in rare cases, rare cases, um, they may actually prescribe testosterone therapy because people don't think about this, but yes, testosterone does play a role in female sexual functioning your dose would be a whole lot lower than what they would give to a male. The doctor may prescribe 
testosterone to you. But but with that, there are definitely other side effects that, that come along with that. So that is rare in many cases, but it does happen. So in closing, I just want to say that I hope this podcast shines a light on a very important issue for many women out there. Because many people are going through tough times, people are stressed out, and they're taking various medications, which could have a negative impact on their sexuality and sexual health. And they may notice these changes, especially in their ability to have orgasms or their you know, arousal, or they may be experiencing like vaginal dryness out of the blue and not understand why, or they're going through menopause and they're not really having a, a clue what's going on to the body and why why is your body changing this way. And so I just want just to just to breach that topic and breach this topic and talk about anorgasmia and some of the symptoms, the causes, the diagnosis, and some of the treatment options that are out there for you. And I really hope this helps you out. I do apologize this, that that this podcast is a little bit longer than my usual 10-minute podcast, but there are just so many elements of this topic I just wanted to get through. So I'm pretty sure I'd recommend for you, if you hear something that you like, just to do your own research and ask your doctor about it. So then um, if you are going through any of these issues or you see something um, going on or you see changes that are causing you concern, please talk to your doctor about it. And also, if you're going through some of the, some of those relationship issues that, that I mentioned earlier, there's always couple couples counseling to help you work through them and or um, sexual therapy where your therapist may want to meet with you one-on-one and then together as a couple so then they can so then that they and you can put together a, a plan and so you can move forward and practice on like new techniques or uh, different or different ways to, to, to talk talk to each other to touch each other so you get so you can have great sex lives okay so on that note I'm out you guys have a great day stay safe out there stay tuned and I'll talk to you soon